Dear Brian, I'm not thinking what you're thinking, my son. Your eyes, my son, are on other people and what they think. You're hiding the man of power I made you to be. I don't see you as you see yourself. It breaks my heart to see when you give up and stop seeking me because you think you aren't good enough. How you got angry with me and quoted my own word that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. I saw you as you cried out in pain of heart and felt hopeless. I see your heart. I know you have expectations and I want to fulfill it, but you have to wait. Your thoughts aren't my thoughts, son. And son, you left out the last part of that verse you quoted and you need to hear it because it also says this, but a dream fulfilled is life. Don't forget that promise while you wait. Keep dreaming, don't give up, think my thoughts. In the midst of your hopelessness, I have a plan. Brian, you sing a song at church about the walls. It says, I thought by now that those walls would have fallen. But what you don't see is they have. Keep believing. And here's my promise. I'm going to fulfill that dream in my own way, not yours. And you will rejoice. Brian, remember the promise while you wait. Church family, there is hope. There is hope. That's what Christmas is all about. It's not about all the trees and all the hubbub and the rushing around and going here and there. It's about God's promise. Hit the earth in a stable that amongst the problems and the pain, God has a promise. And I want you to hear this. When we know that he has a promise, when we know the promise, sir, we can prevail through the problem. See, every story you just heard, these letters, they were rich in scripture because the scripture is the promise. And here's the secret of each person that had those letters. Those promises were before their pain. In Isaiah, we find God's letter in the midst of his people's pain, a promise. Jesus would quote that very verse in Isaiah when he started his ministry. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. It's a medical term. To proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from the darkness the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. And here's his promise to you today and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. See, we can only see the problem, but God sees the solution. They're thinking captivity, but God's thinking freedom. They're thinking despair, ashes, and mourning, but God's thinking praise, joy, and beauty. That's why Jesus was born, so that you can trade your ashes for his beauty. He is writing your story. See, for many, Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. Maybe for you, it's just been one of those years or weeks or days 
But we have to remember in the midst of pain, there is hope. And I want you to grasp this today. I want you to hear this today, that the promise came before the problem. The promise came before the problem. See, God provides a solution before there is a need. Let me ask you this, which came first, sin or salvation? You better think about that. Because in Ephesians 1, 4 says, we were chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Listen to Revelation 13, 8. Jesus is the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. You see, before there was a garden in Eden, there was a cross on Calvary. What does it mean? It means there exists no need in your life that God's love won't see you through because before the pain, he already had the solution. Before the captivity of your sin came the freedom only found in Jesus. He was born to set the captives free. But see, sometimes in the midst of our pain, it's hard to see the promise, isn't it? In the midst of our pain, it's hard to see the promise. This week I read letters from men and women sharing areas of captivity they face. See if you relate to any of these. I read painful letters of bondage to lust, patterns of falling into sexual sin. From women I read about struggles with adultery and a fear of men because of childhood abuse. From men who had been hurt by their dads and went to talk about how they struggled to speak life-giving words to their own sons. How they hated the feelings of anger and the secret addictions to drugs and porn. Maybe it was a loss of a child or a spouse or divorce. Some spoke about the inability to love people fully, including their own husbands, wives, and children. Others wrestled terribly with anger toward God, doubt, discouragement, loneliness, a chronic lack of satisfaction. Maybe you hear their story in your story. See, Christ came to set the captives free. No matter what kind of chain binds you, he came to bind up the brokenhearted. No matter what breaks your heart or what is breaking your heart, he came to open the eyes of the blind. No matter what veiled your vision and his promise came before your pain. You see, the Bible describes this as clay. We have this treasure in jars of clay. Think of a clay pot. It's, it's pretty easily broken, right? It's easily chipped. It's easily scarred. And it says in the scriptures in Jeremiah, God is the potter and we are the clay. It describes us as a masterpiece in the hands of the artist. And often we don't see how the artist is shaping us. It doesn't feel good because we can't see the promise. We can only feel the pain. But he promises to bring wholeness. And we forget to, not, to trust the hands of the artist. See, we feel like this. We want to be like this. We want to be perfect. Jesus, where is the wholeness that you promised me? But this is all we feel from life. You see, we have wholeness wrong. Wholeness is not perfection. Wholeness is letting Jesus shine through your brokenness and making something beautiful out of your brokenness. In Ephesians, it says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. Amen. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. 
You see, that word masterpiece is from the Greek word poemia, and it's where we get our English word poem, and it refers to any work of art. God is painting a picture of grace on the canvas of your life. He's shaping you through all the brokenness. God is writing his story through your life. God is crafting your character through the circumstances of your life. To see yourself as anything other than God's masterpiece is to devalue and distort what God made. And if many of you were honest, you would say, I'm trash. That is to dishonor what God made. He loves you. And before the brokenness in your life, he had a promise. He is the deliverer. He's the chain breaker. Many of you may have seen this in art class growing up. You've seen what's called the David. It is Michelangelo's sculpture of the biblical David. It's said to be the greatest piece of art unmatched. Let me tell you the story behind it. To the average eye, it was a mutilated piece of marble. The aborted sculpture had been abandoned half a century earlier by many artists. But a young artist named Michelangelo saw something in the stone the others did not. Chiseling the 18-foot block of marble would consume nearly four years of his life. But that seemingly worthless stone was destined to become what many considered the greatest statue sculpted by human hands. Giorgio Vasario, a 16th century artist and author, called it nothing less than a miracle. Michelangelo, and listen to this words, because this is what our Heavenly Father does. Michelangelo resurrected a dead stone and breathed his artistry into it, brought David into existence as he chiseled. Michelangelo envisioned what he called the image of the heart. He believed the masterpiece was already inside the stone. All he had to do was remove the excess stone so David could escape. He didn't see what was. He saw what could be, what already lay within his heart. He didn't see the imperfections in the stone. He used the imperfections to his advantage. He used that aborted piece of marble that everybody else passed on and made a masterpiece. He saw a masterpiece of unparalleled beauty despite the flaws in the stone. And that is precisely how the artist God sees you. Listen, there's no accidental people that's how many of you feel. There's no such thing as an accidental person. You are God's masterpiece, but it's a process, and you got to get your eyes on Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about, is Jesus. See, more than the promise, we need to see the promiser, Jesus. In the process, don't give up on to the promiser because he doesn't give up on you. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. He is working all things in your life right now. You may feel, and you may not be able to see it, and it may feel hard, but God is working in your life. He's using not some things, but all things. He has a purpose, but you have to trust the process. See, when it's the most difficult, when it feels the worst, when those hands of the artist are moving around, is exactly when he is most involved in your life. 
but it doesn't feel like it. Our value and purpose are only found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You need to hear that. He has a good plan, but you've gotta be pliable in his hands. Salvation is the master's work. The redeeming power of God is his work, not yours. Our work is to believe in Jesus, trust him as Lord and Savior and follow him. He was born to die to redeem us from hell. People, here's the problem. Sin is the problem. But here's the good news. There is no sin of yours, no fatal flaw of yours that God can't forgive and heal. That's why Jesus came. He already had the solution, the cross. The cross has the final word over your life. He was born to die. When you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the cross always has the final word in your life. So when you're feeling broken, when this is happening, Jesus steps in and says, the cross. Remember the cross. Remember my love for you. You say, well, Brian, I've messed up that plan. I've messed up that plan. I've taken the wrong road. Listen, if man has enough sense to build on and off ramp roads on the interstate, how much more does God? Don't you think God knows you'll want to give up and get off this plan? But don't you know he already has ways to get you back to himself? That's what he does. You may have gotten off of God's plans, but there's a new entry ramp. That's what it's all about. Jesus coming and seeking you out. Because he looked ahead and saw you were going to get off on that side ramp. He sees that side route you're on. And he's putting up signs saying, this way, turn here, come back. Listen, sometimes your inner GPS takes you where you don't want to go. And God needs to reroute you. But Brian, everything's all wrong. I feel lost. Here's another letter from God in his word. A promise that came before the pain. It's one that I hold close, that I cling to. It says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to carry it to completion. You will not be unfinished. He's not finished with you yet. You may have come in and thought it's over. Too much brokenness. But God says, I'm not finished with you yet. And I'm gonna carry that work to completion. Listen, he knew right where you would be today. And he's got a plans for you to go forward from here. That's why he's so good. He doesn't stop loving you. And he takes your pain and problems and he's making a masterpiece out of it. He's God. He's able. Nothing is too hard for him. Jesus sets captives free. Jesus binds up the wounds. And what he's asking you today is child, son, daughter, will you trade the problem for the promise? Will you let my son get involved? This afternoon, in these baskets right here, in this envelope, I want each of you to come up and take this. As you do communion, it'll be right here. Grab this, because inside this envelope, and I believe this with all my heart, is a promise from God's word that is written directly to you that's gonna speak to your circumstance, that God is speaking right now to your heart. And when you come up here and you open this up, God's gonna say, that's you, child. I designed this night just for you to hear the word of God, to hear the promise, cling to the promise in the midst of your pain. 
I also want you to look back in the corner over here at Next Steps area. Jessica and Joni, two of the ladies over here that read the letters. And right back here, Nathan and Jennifer will be back here at Live Scent. I believe that on some of your hearts, you resonated with their story. And God is going to say, go talk to them. Let them pray over you. Listen, God wants to put you in a place where he can surround you with his promise, where he can surround you with other believers, where he can surround you with himself. But you gotta be willing to do that. Listen, he's not finished with you yet. See, on this Christmas Eve, we're gonna go into a time of communion. And what you do is when you come up, you're gonna grab the bread, and you're gonna grab the cup and you're simply gonna dip the bread into the cup. You're not gonna drink the cup from the cup. Don't do that. Just simply dip the bread into the cup. But here's why we do this. Communion represents why Jesus came. He was a sinless, perfect lamb of God who took the penalty of your sin upon himself so that you could be forgiven in a new relationship with him. He was born to die for your sin. If you don't know him today, if you don't know Jesus, go to the back. Tim's right there. Any of the people back there want to pray. Myself and Brian and Dave will be up here to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, we'll be available. Or if you just want to pray, maybe today you need to give your life to Jesus. Don't delay. Trust him. Follow him. He's calling to your heart. You can be forgiven. You can be healed. He came into this world to set the captives free. That's our God and that's our king. And maybe you're just struggling with something. You make sure you get one of these promise cards in this envelope because God's going to speak to you. And maybe you need to come up here and just bow down. Maybe you need to bow down where you're sitting. But we are going to worship our king because he came into the world, into the darkness. The light of the world came in the midst of the worst circumstances, in a stable, into a people that were held captive by the Romans. But see, God already had the solution way back. And before our sin, he already had the solution, the cross, that Jesus would love you. Listen, there is no sin, no fatal flaw of yours that can separate you from the love that God has for you in Christ Jesus. Give your life to Jesus today. Will you pray with me? Father, I know today, God, you're speaking. God, you're giving hope. You're the hope bringer. You're the God who brings joy. You're the one who brings and trades our ashes for your beauty. Lord, you take the spirit of despair and you clothe us with your joy and your righteousness. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the one that gave up your rights on the throne of heaven and came down to earth. And we bless you and we praise you for that. Father, today, open hearts. Let us have receptive hearts to what you're doing, Jesus. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup. He said, this is my blood poured out for the remission of sins, for your forgiveness. He said, this is a new covenant. I want to give you new life. You need a new life. Come away from the old life and follow Jesus. Jesus is calling you.
Anytime while the music's playing, you can go and pray. You can come up here. As we stand, go ahead and stand on your feet. Come up when you're ready to take communion.